0: Hello, welcome to the Equippers International Podcast, short version. We're in the book of Hebrews. We're going to pick back up in Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 17 and 18 again. I read them in the previous episode and made some introductory comments. And I told you I was going to pick up on a couple of themes here, one today and another one next week early We're going to be away for the weekend on a ministry outreach up into northern Italy. So continue to pray for us. So let me read verses 17 and 18 again. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Now, today I'm going to deal with this idea of propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, I've told you before, and I'll mention again, that when I sit with the Lord in the morning in the book of Hebrews, I don't really have a preconceived direction that I want to go. So this morning has taken a little bit of interesting route, if you will. But I want you to bear with me because I think it will be profitable. Um, but today I want to do a little bit of what I would call theology, but I want to focus today on this idea of propitiation for sin. Propitiation is quite a big word. The King James Version uses the word reconciliation. I'm reading from the New American Standard. The New King James Version substitutes reconciliation with the word propitiation. The NIV says to make atonement, a new popular translation, the English Standard Version picks up the word propitiation. So let's look at this idea in the context of, as I said earlier, some theology. Simply put, theology is the study of God. But for me, it's more specifically the process of coming to an understanding of things that relate to God in such a way that we have a proper knowledge of who God is and how he acts so that our relationship with God can be properly informed, if you want to put it that way. So theology should never be divorced from relationship because the goal is to know God fully So this is why I believe Jesus is always the starting point for our theology, because only Jesus knows the Father fully, so we need to rely on Jesus to inform our understanding of God. We can't rely on anything else. So only He communicates who the Father is so that we have a proper understanding of who God is. So why am I saying all this? Because I believe that what we believe about the sacrifice of Jesus for the sins of the world and what was actually happening at the cross, it will deeply affect how we understand God and therefore it affects how we relate to Him. Because what we believe about God directly impacts how we relate to God. So a very traditional view of the atonement that is, what was taking place at the cross when Jesus was dying, is that God was mad and Jesus was satisfying him so that he won't be mad anymore. And on one level, you might say, well, that's a pretty good perception of what was going on. And I'm not saying that I would fully disagree with it, but I want to dig in a little deeper. And let's see where that leads us. So on one level, God has a strong dislike for sin. This is evident throughout the scriptures. However, to connect his displeasure for sin with his anger toward those who sin is a fine line. In a very important passage on this topic, Paul says in Romans 2 that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and unrighteousness of men. He does not say that the wrath of God is revealed towards men. He says the wrath of God is revealed against the ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men. In fact, I'm reminded of a scripture when the angels announced the arrival of Jesus on the day of his birth. Listen to their message from heaven in Luke two fourteen: Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So we've heard it more traditionally, goodwill towards men. The fact is, God is showing his pleasure towards men. This is because God's love is most consistent with his character. God is love. God is not wrath. He can display wrath, He can display displeasure, He can exhibit all range of emotion, but who God is, is love, and God will always act consistently with His character. One person I read many years ago, and I've stuck with me, he puts it this way, God does what He does because of who He is, so He will always act consistently with His character. So God can show wrath and displeasure, but it's always consistent with His nature of love. So I fully understand that there's plenty of support in this day and age of what I call pop theology for a message of a loving God in an attempt to remove any notions of God having negative emotions. And I believe this is a slippery slope for sure. So we need to find the truth in balance. So what are the extremes? Because extremes will never suffice in our knowledge of God. We need to look and find the balance and find where the truth is pointing us because I believe the truth will always set us in a place of a strong foundation without extremes. So on one extreme, if we see God as an angry God, always looking for a reason to be displeased with us, we might find some comfort in believing that Jesus deflects the anger of God on our behalf. But at the foundation, we'll always relate to God out of fear And this is not a positive place to be in our understanding of God. On the other extreme, we'll see God as a soft, permissive God who really doesn't take a strong stand on sin, and therefore we won't have any real regard for the importance of living a life pleasing to Him as a pure and holy Father. So, this extreme is not a good one either. So, where do I land on this whole discussion about what the Scripture teaches about these things? Now, I know this is a short version podcast. I don't have time to develop all these thoughts on a theological level. Let me read what I I've written down and leave you with these thoughts today. Jesus died a sacrificial death as a perfect high priest in relationship to the things of God. This is exactly what the writer of Hebrews says. He says that he was made like us so that he could share in our humanity so that he could be a merciful and faithful high priest pertaining to the things of God. So what Jesus was doing was he was doing business with God. He was dealing with the issue of sin. So sin was... The issue, and Jesus dealt with it once and for all. The Father and the Son decided together that they would do what was necessary to remove this enemy. This barrier that stood between God and man, and they would do it once and for all. So in doing this, the full effect of sin was allowed to run its course on the life of Jesus as he died on the cross. And he fully experienced the ultimate consequence of sin, which is death. And he fully satisfied every requirement of God with regards to sin. He paid the price. He did it all. And God is fully satisfied. And we receive all the benefit. This is the gospel, and it is the good news, and it will always bring us to a place of life and peace in our relationship with God. Be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.